Hey, welcome to the Live Full Podcast. This show exists to help you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. My name is Cassidy Bonar, and on this episode, we're continuing in our series on decision-making in the spirit. We're going to be talking about why you can expect God to care about the decisions you make. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Continuing in our series on decision making in the Holy Spirit, and we just talked on on last week's episode about how much God, how much He cares about us, and because He cares about us, He cares about the decisions we're making. He cares about even the things that may seem so small to us, but those are not those are not out of the sight of God. He Mm -hmm. cares. He's acquainted with all of our Mm -hmm. ways. And we want to dive deeper into why, why can we as children of God, why can we expect that our father cares about the decisions we make, whether it's about a job or moving to this home or, um, sending our kids to this school or homeschooling, just so many things or so many different decisions we make in the day to day. Why can we expect God to care about every single one of them? Yeah, that's really good. And to me, what we're, what we are hoping to do in this series is totally change for, for those, for those who the thought of decisions big and small is overwhelming, stressful, feels like uh, something you just got to get through and survive. And it can be almost fear led. Like I feel like I just feel like I'm going to make a bad decision. I'm going to make the wrong decision. Um, or, or there's the other side of that too. It, it can be stressful kind of cause you're carrying, if you're honest with yourself, you're carrying it on your own. You're not going to the Lord about it. You're not seeking God. We want to change your heart approach to it to actually start seeing decisions as something exciting, something Mm -hmm. that is nourishing to your faith, something that you look forward to with great anticipation about what is God going to do here? I go back to David and we, we mentioned him in the last episode, but with David and also the Kings of Israel, especially the, the righteous ones, there was something even about like the really tough decisions of warfare, for example, like they had to make all sorts of decisions about, should we go up to battle against this army? Should we, how many troops should, should we bring? Should we, you know, try to break through this and that? Uh, you can hear my expertise in warfare as I'm, as I'm describing the different situations. Um, but they, they had to go, go through a lot of different, uh, a lot of different, warfare situations, whatever those would have been. And as they went through it, like how much more exciting it was for David and the righteous Kings that followed when they believed that they had a general in heaven, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, who knew everything and could guide their decisions. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, they believed the the righteous uh, prophets and Kings in Israel believed that even if they were besieged by an army, an army was surrounding them, then an angel of the Lord could come in a moment and blind the entire army. Like they relied so much more on the counsel of God than they, I mean, they were experts in warfare, but 
they relied even more on the God who could totally like mm. overcome an army with a small army, a huge army with a small army of 300. It brought this, I think it brought, looking back on it, it's like it brought this excitement mm-hmm. as kings were discerning uh, even the wicked kings like sought out the prophets. Okay, we've got this decision to make. What are their prophets going to speak? And, you know, the wicked kings, they sought out the wrong kinds of prophets, the prophets who were led by lying spirits. But at least they believed in like a spiritual realm. They believed that God could speak. And you would have, even in the midst of this era of wickedness, you'd have like a Micaiah. I love Micaiah. He comes in and they're saying like, hey, Make sure to give this counsel because this is the decision the king wants to make. And Micaiah says, as the Lord lives, that which the Lord gives to me to speak, that will I speak. And he, he speaks this word of prophecy. But there was, there was just this like excitement about like God's intervention in the affairs of the world. And there's something, we talked about this over the half full gospel episode that we did, but there is a, there's a, a leaning toward in, in many streams within the church, especially in the West, there's a, a leaning toward a kind of deism that God has sent his son Jesus to come who has uh, done this redemptive work, which hallelujah, praise God that he has, yes, indeed done that redemptive work, but he's done it for us and then left. And our role here on earth is merely to believe and obey from a distance Mm -hmm. until we see him face to face. And what's missing from that half full gospel we've said is faith in Christ with the personal presence of the spirit Mm -hmm. that God, like you uh, quoted last week from uh, Isaiah. And then it's also in Deuteronomy. He doesn't just go before us into the promised land or into eternal life. He goes with us and Mm -hmm. beside us as we walk. And this, this belief in the personal presence of the Spirit and the ongoing direction of the Spirit, it changes everything about decisions. You look at Jesus in John chapter 4, for example, and after talking to the woman at the well and having this like prophetic work of power that shows, him, shows her that he's the Messiah, the disciples come and they're like, you haven't had anything to eat. And Jesus, this is, I think, one of the best mic drop moments in all of the gospels. Probably number one is when he says before Abraham was, I am that, that I think that beats everything. But maybe number two is he says, I don't need bread. My food Mm -hmm. is to do the will of him who sent Mm me. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. He's like, I eat obedience. Mm. I eat obedience for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. Like Jesus is amazing. He got his nourishment from doing the will of God. Now, here's a huge question to ask in this series. What is the will of God? Mm-hmm. When he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, in this situation, was he talking about God's broad cosmic eternal counsel, which is very much included within the will of God. You see that in Ephesians 1, where it talks about the counsel of his will to redeem a people for himself through Christ from eternity past. Yes, that is very much within the will of God. But is there something different that Jesus is also talking about in John 4? When he says, my will is to do the, uh, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, he's not talking in that line about going to the cross. He's saying, my food is to do what God wants me to do mm-hmm. in every mo- moment, in every situation, which in that case was taking, the, instead of going around Samaria, 
going right through Samaria so that he could have an encounter with a, uh, a woman who was in need of seeing God's power mm. and in need of seeing the Messiah. Mm. So, but, but look how Jesus solved decisions. Look how Jesus solved discerning the will of God through everyday life. He didn't see it as something stressful, difficult, frustrating, unclear. He saw it as nourishing to his faith. Mm-hmm. He believed that like God could actually speak. And it's the same for us, brothers and sisters we get to experience the sweetness of feasting on his will, which, yes, is very much feasting on obedience to what he has already spoken. Mm-hmm. But uh, feasting on his will also means being desirous, earnestly desiring, First Corinthians 14, the ongoing prophetic discernment and wisdom of the Spirit, which must be tested under the authority mm-hmm. of God's word. Mm-hmm. I think in the book of Acts, we've said this, we were talking about this yesterday, Cassidy, when, it co- when we read the book of Acts and we see this treasure of the gospel that the apostles are proclaiming and holding on to, we believe right now for us today in Christ, we believe that we have the good news that the apostles preached. We believe that. Mm-hmm. We have that same good news that they preached in the book of Acts. But what we often miss is that we also have the presence of God who led them in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. We both get the good news, the gift of receiving Christ and salvation, and we get Acts 2, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The good news is the same, and the Holy Spirit's presence with us is the same. And just like they heard time and time again and anticipated with excitement, what is the Spirit going to say? What is the Spirit going to say? What is the Spirit going to say? We get to enter into that same kind of joy. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it, and it, even when you were going into talking about First Thessalonians of what is the will of God when that when we even say that it can sound like this really big weighty the will of God and we just freeze or going back to even the paralysis or presumption and I love when first Thessalonians 4 says this is the will of God for you your sanctification to even uncover some misconceptions that we can have about the will of God like I remember when I first became a Christian I thought okay, God's will for me is to just not sin. If I'm not sinning, then if I just don't sin and live my life not doing that, then that's just the will Mm. of God for me. And yes, God, he does will for us to not sin. It pleases him when we're following him and obeying his voice and turning away from sin. But it's not just that. We will miss out. Um, We will miss out on what God has for us if we only think his will for us is to not sin. And when he's talking about my will for your life is your sanctification, becoming becoming like Christ. Um, we become like Christ through being with Christ. Yes. It's his will for our life that, that we are with him mm-hmm. um, in every moment, in every step we are called to stay in step with the spirit. And, and God doesn't just say, don't set your mind on things of the flesh that is death. He says, so set your mind on things of the spirit, life and peace. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just call us to not sin. He calls us into a life of abundance in him and following his Holy Spirit and hearing from his spirit. And man can plan a ways in in his heart, but the Lord establishes his steps, every single step um, that the, the Lord can establish. And the Lord... Like Psalm 130, Psalm 139 says, he is acquainted with every one of our ways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say he's only acquainted with our sin, like the ways that we sin or the ways or that, sin. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or not sin. Yeah. And 
God, that shows us God does, he does care. He's acquainted with, with all of my ways. And not only that, I can be acquainted with his, I can Mm -hmm. know him. And because Psalm 139 goes on to say, David says, Oh, how precious are your thoughts to me? Oh Mm -hmm. God, they number more than the sand. God doesn't just, he's not just acquainted with all of our ways. And then he lets us in on maybe three of his or three of his Mm -hmm. thoughts. No, they number more than the sand. Mm. And we, as we stay in step with the spirit, we, we know the voice of God, we become acquainted with it. And we are like sheep who say, I know my shepherd's voice. The shepherd says he knows his sheep's voice and we can know his. Um, and it's a joy. I love joy. How you were talking about, this is exciting. Yeah, It's exciting to wake up and, and to think about what, what does God have for me today? I want to feast on his will and like Ephesians five, walk in the good works, which he's already prepared beforehand before the foundations of the earth. God's prepared every one of your days in a book um, before you were even formed. And it's exciting to wake up and think, what does this page hold? God knows and I get to walk with him today. And Lord, I'm excited. Like I'm excited to see your spirit guide me and shepherd me. And God, he's a good father who only surprises his children with with good gifts. I think about a little kid who maybe asks his father for something and the father goes like above and beyond and just surprises his child. And the Lord's like, look at what my dad did. Look at Mm, what, mm. and just like that, how much more we as children of God are just surprised by him in the best ways and exciting ways of the Lord. Oh, I, like I was praying about this and he did this and he did more than I could, than I could ask or imagine. He, how much more does he give the Holy spirit to, to those who ask? Um, he, he gives good, good gifts. And when we're talking about staying in step with the spirit and decision-making, it's not something that we hear and are, that's not constraining. It's not scary. It's, it's freeing to follow the Holy spirit because the flesh only wants to lead us into sin, but the spirit wants to lead us into life, life and peace. Yeah. It, it changes everything to believe God cares and he speaks. And, uh, I think while, while we're focusing in and doubling down on getting our, our theology of who God is and how he relates to us, right. When it comes to decision-making is because if we were to, we could right now just tell you like, all right, Here's when you come to a decision, you know, pray in this way and start with this kind of uh, this acronym and you can move through that and then move on from that stage into counsel and then from counsel into a time of waiting. And then like we could give you a process to follow right now. Um, But I think what is at the foundation of making decisions in the spirit is having the conviction that God is with you and that he is intimately involved with all your ways and he wants to be intimately involved with all of your ways. And if you know God like that and if you believe that's who God is, it that will do more to change the way you're making decisions than anything else. Like I think about for for me both Cassidy who teach teaching with Liveful and recording right now and then Catherine who's producing two of my friends who many times through decisions that Kelly and I have made, like I will, I'll be in the middle of a decision and, or uh, something that like we're working through and I'll let both of y'all know, 
hey, would you mind praying over this for me? And sometimes in like Christian conversation, we've people do will say that, hey, you know, I'm I'm I gotta work out this situation or I got this job offer. Would you pray that for me? And then you you hear from the person you're talking to, oh yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll pray for you about that. But on both sides, often there's no expectation. It's like, I'm kind of just telling you to do that because you're a Christian and and you're telling me that you're gonna pray about it because you're a Christian. But for both of us, like we're not we're not really expecting that night for you to have like a dream and to come back the next day and say, all right, I've been fasting and praying over this, whatever. But what's been so beautiful about walking with you guys as friends is like you both, when I give have given something to you about, hey, can you pray over this decision? I am expectant to hear from the Lord. And I know that you guys are going to be expectant. Like you're going to the Lord and there's this anticipation of he's not stingy with his voice. Mm -hmm. He's not stingy with his direction. Jesus said he gives the spirit without measure. He loves to speak to him. He's not, he doesn't have like a capacity on how much prophetic discernment he can give throughout the earth. He's God. Mm -hmm. He wants to speak. He wants to rule. He wants to guide us. What limits Mm -hmm. his prophetic voice and his capacity is not his energy or his willingness to speak. It's our eagerness to hear. Mm -hmm. But if we will, if we come to him with that kind of approach, like, God, I believe you can speak. He's done it. And he's done it so often. Like, I think about it uh, with both Cassidy and Sarah working for Live Full. Both of the uh, both of the the um, people working with Live Full, it came not through a job interview. It didn't come through like us posting it online. Although maybe we'll do that someday in Live Full. I don't know, but at least these first two, like what it's come through, is really like prophetic discernment without me having a conversation with you or me having a conversation with Sarah, like God giving prophetic discernment to you over this sense of, I think God might be stirring me to, to minister with live full and same thing with Sarah. So that by the time we had, we had talked, like we, we had both been already listening to the spirit mm-hmm. and that's what we're going for. Encouraging you toward brother and sister is not just uh, believing that God wants to draw near with intimate friendship at the moments of decision, but seeing all of life as this joyful walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think of John five, because you, something you said that was so helpful is uh, I've heard that before. Well, I've got two decisions. I've got to decide between this job and this job or whether I should marry this person or this person or whether I should do this or that. And neither of them are inherently sinful. I've heard that line before, like neither of those decisions are inherently sinful. And often it's okay. Therefore just use your best judgment. Therefore Mm -hmm. just kind of make your best guess, use your best judgment, do whatever like seems right. And what's missing is the possibility that God doesn't just want you to not sin. Mm -hmm. He wants you to walk by the spirit Mm -hmm. and experience the sweetness of following him through Mm -hmm. all of life. Look at John five. Jesus says, um, In verse 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Mm -hmm. You see that? He's saying his whole life, it can be summarized with looking at God, seeing what the father is doing, and then just doing whatever the Father gives him to do. Mm-hmm. And that is that is what God wants for you. Not just to come to him in these like 
big moments in life and say, God, what should I do here? But in all of life to be so filled with his presence, so near to him mm-hmm. in prayer and in meditating on his word that everything you do, everything you do is a reflection of what God wants to do in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you were getting... I love when you're talking about God doesn't grow. He never grows tired and weary of speaking to his children. It's not like he runs out of energy or even runs out of things to say, or just some of the misconceptions that fill our mind of God. He, yeah, he's probably too tired to speak into this or he crafted the stars in heaven. So Mm. how could he care about this? And like Psalm eight says, um, I, I even want to, I even want to read it because I, I think it speaks into God. There's no one like God. He is one who crafts the stars in heaven and knows the number of them, yet also knows the number of hairs on her head. Mm. That he is all powerful, yet all knowing and knows details of our life that, I mean, the number of hairs on my head, what, like, it, it seems like, why would that matter to God? But um, he is acquainted with all of our ways because he does care. So we can expect him to care even about, you know, Lord, um, what does your spirit have for me today? Should I do this at 10 o'clock or mm. should, just even certain things that the spirit has led me into pray that it's in it's in my flesh that I think, oh, he doesn't care about this. Or um, But Psalm 8, it says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him mm. and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. And goes on to talk about how majestic is the Lord. But I love... Mm. That is just the beauty of the Lord that he knows the number of stars in heaven yet also knows the hairs on her head because he, he's God and he's all powerful and there is no one like him. And as we're, as we're seeking him and seeking his voice, we can expect much of the God who spoke the world Mm. into existence doesn't grow tired of speaking to us. That just blows my mind. Mm. And I just, I love that God, he not only we can not only expect him to care about us and speak to us, but we can be, like we can actually believe mm. as children he loves he loves doing it. Mm. God loves speaking mm-hmm. to his children. Joy, I love I love watching you and Kelly with your kids because I see just this affection and love for you. Lo- like you just love talking to them. You love mm. when Ruthie is like, "Daddy, look at th- this princess and this princess and this princess." Even though you you know just maybe you're not <laughs> maybe you don't know a lot about the princesses, but you love hearing her voice and you love talking mm. with her. And you love hearing her just say daddy over and over and talking with you Mm -hmm. and how much more God is a heavenly father just loves when his children over and over and over again are saying dad this dad that just going to him and God he not only cares but he he like he just loves he loves speaking to his children he loves that his sheep know his voice um and so it's it's coming back to he is not 
he's not hidden his voice from us. He has not shut his voice off. It's it's we who we um close our ears. We yeah. we turn to other things. We listen to the voice of other things of um there's so many gray gray decisions, you know, of well, I feel like there's some black and white clear like God cares about me not sinning versus sinning versus not sinning, mm. but all the gray, that's up to me and and we cannot make flesh our strength. It will fail us. But the spirit is willing. We've been given a spirit of power, um, not one of the world. And the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who is all powerful, is ready to speak to us in any moment. And living in the First Thessalonians 5 of praying without ceasing. Yeah that's where we become so acquainted with the spirit's voice. So we don't have to live our lives wondering, like, I think we were even talking about this earlier, Joey, of if we, if we're have a big decision that comes before us and we start freaking out, we start stressing and we think, okay, I need to, I, I should probably talk to God about this, but it's like, you realize you haven't, you haven't been praying. You haven't talked to him in three months. That's that stress is not what the Lord has for you. That's a symptom of you haven't been praying without ceasing. You haven't been staying in step with the spirit and, and where sin is grace abounds all the more. He pours out grace onto us, but that is why he desires this stay in step with me, set your mind on things of the spirit. That's where life and peace, that's where you'll, where you will find mm-hmm. life and peace. Um, and it's, it's when we put, um, when we put our faith in the flesh, we experience constrainment and, um, and stress. And I don't know, I don't know what to do or, or paralysis, but there is, there is freedom in great expectation to hear the Lord's voice because he wants to speak. He loves to mm. speak. He's ready. He's ready to yeah. speak. And in any moment we can, we can go to him and say, Lord, will you speak? Your servant is listening and, and open our ears and his voice. Oh, it's just so fun to hear yeah. that. Like so exciting to hear the voice of God. It's, it's not like hearing the voice of anyone or, or anything yeah. else. And it never, it just, it will never grow old hearing the voice of, of God. Yeah. I, I think, uh, the, the intimate care of God for some, is it is from the get-go an exciting thought of wow god really cares about all of my decisions and i get to start consulting with him and and asking of him and and experiencing the joy of hearing his prophetic voice testing it onto the scriptures and holding fast what is good following feasting mm-hmm. on the will of god to go right through samaria and and watch where where the direction of the spirit leads me that's a really exciting thing for a lot of people. For other people, though, I think it could sound really stressful. Like, whoa, he cares about all my decisions? Like, 10 a.m.? Like, I got to ask him what to do at 10? Like, whoa, like, all right, if I put on, like, what if I have red socks and green socks available? And should I, like, stop before putting on those socks and ask him, God, do you care like whether I do the green socks or red? Like that sounds like stressful. That sounds constricting. That sounds like something that would make it like impossible to walk with freedom. And what is behind that belief is that the spirit 
micromanages. Mm. Like his leadership is constricting and constraining that if we were truly to give him the reins of our life, the leadership of our life and say, God, I'm just going to follow you. Then it would actually lead to more constriction, more fear, more hesitation. Whereas the opposite is, is true. You're either the, the Galatians five makes it clear. And we said this about prayer and it's also true about life. You are either walking by the spirit or you are walking in the flesh. Like uh, a little back to uh, old, old covenant uh, language, uh, Ezekiel 36 said that the way God was going to have you walk in his statutes and obey his rules was by putting his spirit within you. There's not this like in between zone where like you're made new and okay, now just go and obey God on your own. If you're not in the, that is God's plan A through Z of your obedience is leading you by his Holy Spirit and putting his spirit in your heart. You are either in the spirit, walking by the spirit or in the flesh. What is more constraining than your flesh? Mm-hmm. There's nothing more constraining than your flesh. It's your flesh that keeps you on a human level. It's your flesh that limits you to only what you can see. Mm-hmm. Like when you're making decisions in the flesh, you are totally limited to use, go back to David and, and the Kings of Israel. You're totally limited by warfare t- techniques, by what you can evaluate and see on a human level. But what if there's an Elijah mm-hmm. in, in, in the nation? What if there's an Elisha? Whoa. That opens up everything. Mm-hmm. That means I can actually hear what the king is saying in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's what they said about Elisha. Send an army to take him down because he can hear what the king is saying in his bedroom. That opens up everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more constricting than the flesh, and there's no one more freeing than the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. That's good. If we give mm-hmm. him the reins, he doesn't come and micromanage. He is, remember, he's the spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the way that he leads us is the same way that Jesus led the disciples. It wasn't constraining. Like they were set free from the nets Mm -hmm. that constrained them. They dropped those nets and then they were free to follow him. And where the spirit leads, where the spirit leads, 2 Corinthians 3, there is freedom. Mm -hmm. So every decision then doesn't become this moment of anguish of, oh gosh, is the spirit? No, no, no. If you've already been walking with him every step of the way, you don't even have to skip a beat in conversation. Mm-hmm. You've already been talking to him and you've already been hearing his voice. You've been meditating mm-hmm. on his word day and night. You've been praying without ceasing mm-hmm. and you can go freely through life. And when he checks, when he pulls back the reins and, and pulls you back, you can say, okay, Lord, I trust you. I might not see what you see. I definitely don't see what you see, but I'm going to trust you because you see more. Mm-hmm. And when he pushes you forward, you say, okay, Lord, I, I trust your gentle shepherding but you believe that he is the good shepherd that can lead you through everything. And, and to be honest, brother and sister, like if God, uh, when I put on my socks and when you put on your socks, if you're following the Holy spirit, is the spirit going to, uh, tell you whether you should choose between a black or white car, whether you should choose between beige or gray curtains and whether you should choose between green or red socks. Knowing Jesus and knowing the spirit, most of the time, I think the voice, the prophetic discernment of the spirit in that moment is son, daughter, choose as you please. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling, are you feeling green? Okay. Mm-hmm. Pick green. Are you feeling red? Pick red. 
that's most of the time, I think, how the father leads in those moments. But I still want to hear him say that. Yeah. I still want to put on my socks to the glory of God and hear him tell me to put on the green socks. And guess what? If he has a word to tell me, if he actually does want me to not put on green socks and put on red socks, in that moment, I'm going to have no idea why he wants me to do that, but I want to find out. Mm-hmm. And it, hey, if he wants me to put on red socks, I want to put on red socks because that's probably going to be one of the most amazing days of wearing red socks that I can imagine. Like there's going to be this amazing moment of I, God, I don't know why you had me put on red socks, but later on in the day, there was another person with red socks and we connected <laughs> and it was this prophetic moment of evangelism and God moved in power. Like, yeah, if he wants to tell you what socks to put on, don't you want to hear his mm-hmm. voice? Don't you want his input, mm-hmm. don't you want his counsel? Mm-hmm. There's nothing more freeing than the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Decision-making is exciting mm-hmm. when you've been walking step by step with the Spirit mm-hmm. every uh, every point of, of, mm-hmm. of life. Do you have any final words for bro- brothers and sisters as we sign mm-hmm. off? The last encouragement that comes to my mind is when David, he says in Psalm 143, he says to the Lord, teach me to do your will for Mm. you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And we can be a people that just says, yes, Lord, teach me to do your will. Let your good spirit lead me and find Mm. freedom in that. And his spirit is good. His spirit, the Lord, he's not a micromanager. He is a shepherd and he loves his sheep and he carries his sheep. So may we be a people that just says, yes, Lord, would your good spirit lead me? One more, uh, before we get off, as you're saying that, I think just one point of application, one step in this direction. Would you just start your prayer life? We, we talked about this in, uh, in talking about praying in the spirit. But I think uh, beginning just with whether you're listening to this in the afternoon, um, in the morning, whenever, wherever you are, just going to the Lord and in prayer and just saying, God, I want your counsel. Mm -hmm. God, I want your opinion. And really you're, you're not just my friend, you're my teacher, my Lord. So your opinion is what I want to do. Your Mm -hmm. opinion, God, I want to hear your voice. And if you have been blocking off his counsel, just going to him in some repentance Said, I'm sorry for grieving the spirit by despising prophecies. Mm. I'm sorry for grieving you, for making you sad because I've just been presuming that you don't care. And then just asking him, Lord, I repent of not listening to you. I repent of not even caring about you caring. But God, would you start to speak? Would you start to speak to me? And uh, and as you speak to me, would you give me the strength? Spirit, spirit of God, give me the strength to follow. Isn't that beautiful? If you're, if you're brand new to this, what do, what do we say about Ezekiel 36? God doesn't expect you to obey in your own strength. You can't. Th- those who are in the flesh, Romans 8, cannot please God. Mm-hmm. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of Christ dwells in you. Mm-hmm. You are in the spirit. And by the spirit, you can hear his voice and you just start to take steps to follow him in the tiniest things, green, rock, green socks, red socks, and in the big decisions of life. Mm-hmm. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.